Exclusive interviews with the guys on the field. Thinking about that play, it, it, it's, uh, it's painful. High point, obviously, uh, whenever you've been on a team that's won a Super Bowl. Man, you never know when this game is going to end. you got to take full advantage of it when you can. Greg Matzek goes one-on-one with your favorite Packer players. Sponsored by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And welcome into another Packers exclusive one-on-one. I'm Greg Matzik, joined today by Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy, who has his pulse on just about everything going on with the green and gold, not only with the football team, but from the incredible development project going on just around the stadium. We talked to Mark Murphy about a variety of things, including his playing career and what were his feelings when the team was four and six. Well, you've had a great run here in Green Bay with the team, obviously, and a, you know, a playoff run here after a 4-6 and six start. Uh, it's been pretty remarkable to watch. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask you, what's going through your mind? I know football is, is a lot of Ted and Mike and the team, but you certainly preside over all aspects of the sure. organization. What are your thoughts? I mean, when the team is 4-6 and six and in a place where it, it just isn't typically, you know? Sure. Well, it's certainly been a roller coaster year. I mean, and we got off to a fairly good start. I think we were 4-2 and two and then... You know, lost the four games in a row, and uh, things look pretty bleak. Um, but I, you know, I think uh, you know what, what's uh, we've really has helped us get through this is that we've had success before. We've been through difficult patches, and you know, we knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel. And we have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that helps, <laughs> right? No, you know, but you know, obviously, the, the his confidence and you know, saying I think we can run the table. Um, I think uh, that was a part of it. I think, you know, obviously, you know, the the confidence that uh, and I think the stability and the continuity that we have with Ted uh, and Mike uh, helps us as well. So that, you know, listen, we've been through these uh, situations. We can make it through. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've we've had ups and downs in previous years, but we haven't really at least in the time I've been here, I had a turnaround quite like this. Do you have regular check-ins with Ted throughout the season? Oh, yeah. Do you have weekly you know, sit-downs? Sure. or? Yeah, I mean, not on a regular basis, but I see him on a, every day. What do you typically discuss? Um, there's all kinds of things that we're talking about. Uh, you know, uh, personnel decisions, injuries, uh, you know, where, where he's going to be. You know, good. he spends a lot of time on the road uh, scouting, going to colleges, uh, talk to him about those things. And, you know, then, uh, you know, we have um, our executive committee meetings once a month, and Ted makes a football report. And so uh, there's, there's quite a bit of communication. Well, I, and I'm Ted, is, he's all football, right? And uh, sure. it, it's, if you did a where's Ted and then plotted it on the <laughs> yeah. uh, on the calendar yeah. and uh, on the map of the United States, he'd be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd wonder if there are two Ted Thompsons. Mm-hmm. But he is, you know, getting to an age where some people like to mm-hmm. walk away. Uh, and retire, and he's had a, a marvelous career. Sure. You also have young talent in, in the mm-hmm. front office here that is now starting to draw attention from other mm-hmm. teams. So how, how do you weigh that, right? When when you know, guys, not going to be around for the next sure. generation, and you have folks who might be who are drawing interest, is, is that a tricky position for you to be in? Uh, yeah, well, and we this isn't new to us now. I mean, we faced it in the past, sure. and, you know, we've lost – John Snyder and, you know, Reggie McKenzie and John Dorsey. And so, I mean, uh, I think any organization, you have to continually hire good people. And, you know, I think Ted Ted has done that. Um, you know, Ted has, um, you know, a number of years left on his contract. And, uh, you know, he and I are in constant uh, conversation and talk. And, um, yeah, you know, in my mind, he's 
continuing the high he's continuing to perform his job at a very high level and so uh that's something that you know it's not easy in this league to you know to win and to win consistently and um so you know i'd like to have him continue as long in the position as long as um, you know he wants to and is continuing to do a good job and uh, is up for it. How do the rules of the NFL work here, Mark? Because I know there was some interest in Elliot Wolf last year, but he wasn't able to interview or didn't interview with other teams. Why was that the case, and why was he able to interview with the 49ers this year? Yeah, well, it's up to the uh, you know, to the team to make a decision. Um, because we were in the playoffs, we can say, no, you can't interview until after uh, our season is over, until we lose in the playoffs. Um, so that's what we did last year. This year, uh, we we did grant permission. It was very, it was very limited, though. It had to be, you know, and it was for Brian Gutenkenst as well. Um, that they had uh, they had to come here and they had to interview him here. It was just over a two day period uh, during the middle of the week. So, how are their roles? different Elliot and Brian because they both drew interest from the 49ers yeah you know I think uh and and in some ways I mean it 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 does create uh I wouldn't say problems but more issues that you know you've constantly got people coming to look at you but it's it's a credit to the success that we've had and you know that you know Ted uh, and and his ability and his evaluation uh his ability to uh, to evaluate talent and uh, the program we built here that people want to come to Green Bay. I mean, you look at it, it's pretty remarkable, really, when you think about it. You know, the, the eight playoff teams left, uh, you know, how many of them uh, have people with <laughs> Packers backgrounds? And, you know, uh, Oakland's out of it now, but Kansas City and Seattle. And so I think others look at it and say, you know, Green Bay does things the right way, and we want a, a piece of that. Coming up next. You know, my my youngest, you know, she said, Dad, this is a great move for you. You have to do this. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> From upstate New York to Evanston to Green Bay. More with Mark Murphy after this on WTMJ. Now, more of Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik, sponsored by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin. And welcome back to our Packers exclusive one-on-one. Greg Matzik joined by Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy. Had a wonderful playing career with the Washington Redskins, even won a Super Bowl ring. Following college and following the pros, he moved on to be the athletic director at Northwestern University, which was a launching pad to his time as president of the Packers. How did you find Green Bay? Or did Green Bay well, find Bay you? Found me. <laughs> Uh, they don't just post that on a website, right? <laughs> President position. No, available. It's, it's interesting. You know, obviously, I you know I played in the league, and so I was familiar with Green Bay. Um, actually, one of the more uh, I would say amazing games that I played in my career was the highest scoring game, highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history in 1983. Forty four to forty or 48, something like that. Forty eight, forty seven, and the uh, uh, Redskins lost on a missed field goal uh, in, the, in the last second by person that never missed field goals, Mark Mosley. <laughs> so I was a little familiar with it. And obviously my involvement, I was, you know, with, with the Players Association. So I, I knew about Green Bay. Um, and, you know, when when Bob uh, decided to, to retire, uh, the Packers started a search. And um, actually the, the search firm they used uh, was at the, at the time was called Spencer Stewart, Stewart, but it was a man named Jed Hughes who I'd gotten to know through an NCAA committee uh, that, that I was on, and he and I kind of struck up a friendship. He'd uh, coached in the NFL when I played, so knew a lot of the same people. 
So he called me up, and I I think I was in my fourth year at Northwestern, uh, going into my fifth year at Northwestern, and he said, listen, I'm doing a search for the Packers president. Would you be interested? And you know, knowing what I know of the Packers, I said, well, yeah, I'd be interested, but never in my mind thinking that I would be a legitimate candidate. But, you know, so I, I expressed my interest, and then kind of as the time went along, uh, you know, it, uh, I think I became more interested, and I think from the Packers' standpoint, I think um, there was interest in me because of my background as a player, but also, um, you know, having been around athletics and built uh, or built athletic programs, hired coaches, things of that nature. And uh, also, I think my experience with the Players Association. So I was the Redskins player rep for six years, uh, went on to work for the Players Association for a number of years. And uh, because we were at a point where we were just about to head into a round of collective bargaining uh, with the players. So I think having that uh, background uh, with the Players Association was was beneficial to me. So you left Northwestern. That's, you were athletic director at Northwestern University. Yeah. Was was that any bit of culture shock? I mean, you were you, your playing career was in the nation's capital. You grew up in the sure. New York area. Uh, you worked at Colgate. Well, I, now, New, York, Colgate. New York is not New York City. I, I, good point. I, yeah, I grew up. You know, in Western, you know, it was born outside of the Syracuse area, uh, went to school Colgate, uh, went to high school in Buffalo. You know, upstate New York is really more similar to to Green Bay than New York City. It's, yeah, it's very similar. And, and then were you living in Evanston then, too? Yes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but still, it's it's picking up the family and it's it's moving. Oh, yeah. It's it's starting a new life, and you have four kids, and yeah, uh, that's it's not always just that easy, is it? No, well, and the moves are never easy. Um, and but this one, uh, the, the, my youngest, so my three oldest were all grown. Uh, you know, I think two of them were in college, and my youngest was uh, halfway through her junior year in high school. So that. Now, normally that would be uh, a really difficult age for somebody to move, but. You know, my my youngest, uh, her name's Anna, she has uh, always been, I guess, part of being the youngest of four. She's very, always very mature, and, um, you know, she said, Dad, this is a great move for you. You have to do this. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> yeah, she said, and she said, this is great. I'm excited for it. And she came in, and she made friends right away. And, so, you know, to this day, uh, a lot of her best friends are from Green Bay, even though she only, uh, only spent an hour and a, or a year and a half here. You have two Super Bowl rings, one as a player. Was it as big of a deal then as it is today? I feel like, you know, early on in football, you, know, you talked to Bart Starr or Jerry Kramer, and like, oh, we won the Super Bowl. We didn't know what the Super Bowl was. Sure. It seemed like yeah. a big game, but... I don't well, think they called it the Super Bowl when they actually right. won it, right? Yeah. So so what was... How would the NFL grown at that point when you were playing in the 70s and early 80s? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was... I'm not going to downplay it. I mean, it was a fairly big deal. I mean, it was the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, Washington uh, was their first Super Bowl that the Redskins had ever won. Uh, so that made it, I think, pretty significant. But uh, it's at a whole different level now. It's, you know, such a such a spectacle and such a big, a big event. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and when you're a player, I think uh, you don't really have an appreciation – or I don't think I did, of how, how difficult it is to, to win a Super Bowl and how many people have to contribute to the effort, uh, whereas in my role now, um, you know, I have a much broader perspective and a greater appreciation for, you know, the equipment, everybody, the equipment, trainers, people that work in the front office, uh, everybody pulling together that, 
uh, you know, I think as a player, you, you know, and when you're a player, you think, well, you know, I'm invincible. I'm going to keep playing. I'll keep doing it. And, uh, you know, and, and from my perspective now, you realize how fleeting it is. And you don't get these many these opportunities that often. Coming up next. And now I never had any concussions in the NFL. You never did playing no, safety. Really? We dive into some of the biggest issues facing the NFL today. You're listening to Packers One-on-One with Greg Metzik, sponsored by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin. Our Packers One-on-One exclusive continues. Greg Matzik along with Packers President Mark Murphy. Some big issues in the NFL today, concussions, CTE, things that were really back burner in the 70s and 80s and really during the day that Mark Murphy played. Talk to Mark about the different mindset now versus then, as well as the NFL's settlement with former players dealing with CTE. You played in an era where, I mean, it was tough man football. It was two-a-days. It was, I'm sure it was a grind at times. Uh, did you ever suffer any blunt force trauma to the head, concussions? I mean, things that are mm-hmm. hot-button topics right now. Mm-hmm. I think you have a unique experience because you, you saw players or experienced sure. it yourself. Yeah. Um, but it was, was football a safe game when you played it? And, and I know there's been a lot of advancements here sure. and a lot of discussion, but... Was it ever a worry when you were playing? I, n- I never worried about injuries. Um, and now I never had any concussions in the NFL. You never did playing no, safety, I really? Fortunate. Yeah, I play. I had uh, two in college, and uh, when I played in college, I used uh, I wore uh, what was you know an older helmet, uh, and it's just you know it doesn't didn't have the protection that the the newer ones did. So uh, so. Uh, I'm not going to sue Colgate, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I I did not. I had you know, I had a lot of injuries, but I did not miss a practice until my seventh year in the league. And part of it was, you know, I was an undrafted free agent. I, I knew that if I missed any time, that there was a good chance that I wouldn't be on the team anymore. And you know, I looking back on it, probably uh, made some foolish decisions in terms of playing through injuries, but. Uh, you know, I think part of that's kind of the the mentality of football that you know you, you pull together for your team, and um, yeah, and I was never, I never felt I was at risk or anything. But uh, I, I'm, I think we were all proud of the fact that you made it through training camp, and you made it through two a days, and you made it through, and that, and that was kind of the thought process at the time was, you know, you, to. If you can make it through training camp and you make it through difficult times, then you can make it through the season and the team can rely on you when you face difficult times during the season. Did you play with Charlie Brown in Washington? Uh, you know, Charlie. Uh, uh, the wide receiver. Char- oh, yeah, downtown Charlie Brown. I was th- I thought you might have meant Larry Brown. Uh, I with oh, both. Okay. I did. Yeah, Charlie, actually, Charlie and I keep in touch. The reason Charlie I ask. is a uh, he's coaching. Yeah, okay. Now, yeah. Uh, the reason I ask, uh, when the Packers were in the Super Bowl, uh, sure. it's a parade of former players kind of down sure. media row. And I remember talking to, to Charlie Brown, um, and his platform had to do with you know, concussion-related sort of things. Sure. And it, he, he was telling me that he still has problems sometimes when he's in his car and the music's up, that oh. it just it's in his head and sure. it just it gives him a splitting headache. And uh, can you sympathize with players from that generation who – are really struggling, and as football decisions are made today about the length of the season and you know, what can we do to you know generate more safety, you played in that era where you know, a lot of those players are really struggling right now. Yeah, 
Oh, absolutely. And no, yeah, you sympathize tremendously with them. And that's why one of the very best things that we've done as a league is the settlement. Uh, that we reached uh, on, on the anti- uh, the concussion uh, lawsuits. In fact, I think we are just going to be, it was just the Supreme Court decided not to hear the appeal. Uh, so now we'll be able to start paying out to players that you know, are really suffering with uh, pretty serious problems. And, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Charlie sure. Brown. Charlie was a great teammate. He was unbelievable athlete. I mean, I love playing basketball with him. He could just throw it up and he'd dunk it and... Uh, so he went to South Carolina State. So Joe Thomas on our team is from South Carolina State. And I said, Joe, you know, I used to play with uh, Charlie Brown from uh, South Carolina State. I said, you ever heard of him? No, I never heard of him. So, so I said, you got to look up, you know, Google Charlie Brown. He was a heck of a player. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he played with Joe's dad, maybe, because <laughs> no. I saw oh, yeah, Joe's well, no, yeah. That's a remarkable story, too. <laughs> yeah. Joe's dad getting a few carries in, yeah. a, in a college game this yeah. year. That's amazing stuff. Yeah. I, the reason I bring all this up, Mark, is there's been a lot of discussion about the, the potential to be an 18-game season. And sure. what would that look like? Would it you know knock off a game or two on the preseason schedule? But it seems like that conversation is is – Kind of put in the back burner with sure. the settlement that you're talking about. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think concern about the health and safety of the, of the game and of our players uh, is a huge issue. Now, we are halfway through our 10-year collective bargaining agreement now, so any any change would probably be tied into, you know, an extension or the next collective bargaining agreement. Um, we, in 2010, we had pretty serious discussions with the league about, a, um, you know, an 18-game uh, season. And it would switch. It would be two preseason and uh, 18 regular season. And the thought was that that might help bridge the gap between the two parties. At the end of the day, you know, looking back on it, um, you know, I think it was probably the best thing that it, we, we didn't move go in that direction. I, I just worry with you know uh, the number of cons- the number of injuries we have and issues that we have related to injuries that you know move into 18 games. Uh, although we play a total of 20 games now, it's quite a bit different. Um, you know, with with four preseason, the starters play very little. The re- one of the real issues I think we have to uh, come to grips with though is the quality of the preseason games. Uh, we don't need four games to get ready for the regular season. Um, the product in the preseason is nowhere near the quality of re- of regular season games, and so it's something we're looking at. Um, and you know, I think that'll that'll all be part of the next round of bargaining. Coming up next, uh, I think preseason is one that really does stand out. What needs fixing in the NFL? More with Mark Murphy after this on WTMJ. This is Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik, sponsored by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Our Packers One-on-One continues with President Mark Murphy. I'm Greg Matzik. Welcome back to the show. Now, the Pro Bowl and the NFL preseason, two of the biggest things Murphy thinks needs fixing in the NFL. But why? As you preside over owners' meetings with uh, other owners of the NFL, is there something that that in your mind, you kind of say to yourself, "We, we just we got to get this fixed. We we got to tweak it. It's just got to be a little bit better for the game overall, yeah, whatever sure. that may be." I know it's kind of a broad question, but but there are those some <laughs> things on your mind that you'd love to see fixed here or tweaked. Yeah, you know, I think overall the league is doing a pretty good job. I sure. mean, obviously there's issues. Uh, I think preseason is one that really does stand out. It's it's just uh, you know almost everything we do as a league is. 
very good, exciting. It's doing well. Preseason stands out. Uh, Pro Bowl is one that we've changed quite a bit. Uh, now it's going to it's going to be in Orlando. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, you do, and fewer and fewer of the players uh, are that are selected for the Pro Bowl are playing, so that sends a little bit of a sign. But you know, the ratings for it are have been pretty strong, and uh, you know, in spite of in spite of that, so. You know, this, the, we're looking, you know, I think the league really does a good job of continuing to really, really evaluate everything they do and, you know, make changes when they're necessary. And, uh, you know, so I'm, you know, it, it's, you know, there's number, a couple other things we're looking at. And, uh, you know, I think obviously something that we're paying a lot of attention to is, you know, some of the, some of the teams that are having uh, difficulty in their markets. Um, you know, we've had some, some movement, uh, a couple movement uh, teams moving in the last couple years that, uh, you know, I think it raises some questions about, you know, uh, why were they not able to succeed in their markets and uh, what's the future going to hold? Yeah, the Chargers, uh, the latest team to move to Los Angeles. Do you think it's just a matter of time before Las Vegas gets a football team? Do you think that's going to happen? Well, um, we'll see. I mean, I think uh, I think the, the Raiders uh, – you know, my guess is we'll, uh, you know, they'll file to be able to relocate to Las, to Las Vegas. Um, I I still have some reservations about the strength of the market, and uh, you know, I know there's a lot of public money that's available there, but you know it's really uh, it's a it's a city that's really based on tourism and uh, a lot of. Well, it's going to really be interesting to see if the if the analysis shows that they could really support an NFL team. You know, the other piece of it is, you know, you look, Oakland is a growing market. San Diego is a strong, growing market. It's it's a shame to abandon those cities. You know, Vegas always seemed taboo, right, for sure. whatever reason. I know there's a college there, and if you <laughs> see, right, I mean, it's, it, that seems sure. like it's it's taboo in its own right, but... Uh, you, well, you, you know, obviously it's always been the, the gambling. Exactly. Gambling. I think now, you know, so much with, you know, with the Internet and online gambling, um, you know, I think gambling concerns are everywhere, not just in Las Vegas. Uh, although uh, certainly there's more opportunities there. But, um, yeah, you know, I think, well, the NHL, I believe, is just moved in. Yep. Uh, and so... We would be the second, uh, you know, professional sports league uh, if if that does happen. Well, in in Vegas, I mean, it's the only state where you can bet on a single sporting event. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, gambling runs rampant across sure. the country. I think part of the reason the NFL succeeds so well, I think fantasy football plays a, a huge role in that. Yeah. Um, Adam Silver has been pretty forthcoming about his his thoughts on gambling. He would like to see it more open and loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, PGA new commissioner is is also exploring those opportunities. Is is that dangerous in any way, or is it more of, hey, it's happening anyway, yeah. let's try and draw more attention to our league? Yeah, well, you're right about fantasy football. It's unbelievable. Uh, it, you know, We see it all the time, and it really drives interest in the league. And, of course, then that leads to the daily fantasy, uh, you know, the, the gambling or the sports Excuse me. The uh, I'm not going to say whether it's gambling or yeah, right, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, so that's been something that uh, we've looked at. I think traditionally the NFL has been probably the most conservative of all the professional leagues in terms of uh, how we handle gambling. Uh, I think that's served the league well. Um, but yeah, you're right. A move to Vegas does raise issues. 
Coming up next. If they move the Packers home game to London, they're not only losing a sellout, but probably one of the higher revenue games. Will the Packers ever play across the pond? More with Mark Murphy after this on WTMJ. This is Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik, sponsored by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin. And welcome back to the program. Greg Matzik along with Packers President Mark Murphy. Our Packers one-on-one exclusive continues. A lot of talk about the Packers playing a game in Europe, but no way are they going to give up a home game. But more and more, we're finding that other teams' owners are saying, no way are we giving up a game where Green Bay comes to town. So what's the future here for the Packers? Will they ever play overseas? The idea of playing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this is a... a the NFL loves to play in Europe, right? I saw that yeah, there's sure. more games being scheduled yeah. for next year than in years past. It's always a sellout. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you're not going to give up a home game here at Lambeau mm-hmm. Field. I had thought there was a good chance that you were going to play Jacksonville in mm-hmm. Europe this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, owners across the league are saying, but wait a minute, we can sell out when the <laughs> Packers come to yeah. town. Is that a major roadblock? Will, will that never be solved, that... You just don't want to give up a home game when the Packers come, and you know you're not going to give up a game at Lambeau. Yeah, well, that's the issue, uh, that we travel so well. And um, something that I think makes it even more difficult now is a lot of the teams have gone to what, what they call variable pricing or dynamic pricing. But with variable pricing, and we've done it, we have two prices now. We have a lower level for preseason and, and then all of our regular mm-hmm. season at a higher level. Some teams have three or four tiers of pricing. And the Packers game is usually that highest tier. So, you know, they if they move the Packers home game to London, they're not only losing a sellout, but probably one of the higher revenue games. So that's that's a challenge. I think our best chance um, would be so under two circumstances, I believe, can the league require you to play a game uh, in uh, in London uh, if if you are playing in a temporary stadium. Or if you've uh, been awarded a Super Bowl, and so um, we are scheduled to play at LA in 2018, so that uh, that presents an opportunity. That uh, so, but we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, also wouldn't be too bad for our fans to be able to play in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I know they'd love to travel there. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, they all seek out the warm yeah. weather markets. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll say it here. It's a, it's a guess, but I'm guessing the Packers will play on Thanksgiving next year because I know Dallas and Detroit will be on the schedule. Yeah, uh, that's just me speculating, but no. we'll have some fun with that. Seems like every other year we're playing. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it makes turkey dinner a little yeah. bit more tricky, yeah. uh, especially when you have the home game <laughs> against the Bears. Um, you also had a great start to the season before the Packers even took the field at Lambeau with the Badgers playing LSU. Uh, I was at the game as a fan. I thought it was a, a tremendous success, and the energy in the stadium was really unique. Uh, a ton of fun. A lot of people coming in. It to felt see. like a ball game. Didn't uh, well, it, it did. And you know what? And, and I talked to a lot of LSU fans, Mark, who had Lambeau Field on their bucket list. And why the heck else would they come to Green Bay, right? I mean, you lump in their favorite team, and it's, it was a match made in heaven. Can you see that continuing down oh, the road yeah. at some yeah. point? Yeah, I mean, with the with college scheduling, and obviously my background in college athletics, sure. I have an appreciation for it. You know, these schedules are often done, you know, years in advance. But, no, we're working. We, uh, I think it would be great to have this. You know, it would be hard to do it every year, but on a fairly regular basis, uh, you know, have a, a college game. And, uh, you know, obviously with uh, Wisconsin, you know, I think, 
you have a good chance you would sell out every game. But no, we're in discussions with uh, with Wisconsin. We have a great relationship with Barry and his staff. So uh, I think from their perspective and from ours, it was very successful. I think their fans loved it, and yeah, I can't. The LSU fans are great. I mean, they were in Wisconsin. You know, for a week in, in <laughs> August, you know, to get out of the heat and humidity of of uh, Louisiana to come up to, to Green Bay uh, or come up to not just Green Bay, the whole state. Uh, you know, we heard stories of hotel rooms, uh, you know, packed in Milwaukee. I think the Kohler courses, uh, every golf course was booked the whole week. One of the stories I heard. Yeah, absolutely. And would you ever entertain a team that wasn't the Wisconsin Badgers? Could Minnesota... I'd pitch the opportunity to play at Lambeau, for yeah, example. You know, I think we'd look at it, but, um, yeah, again, you know, I, I think there'd be more risk involved with that. The Titletown District is uh, underway. You mentioned Kohler, the Lodge Kohler. Uh, looks like it's got the facing up now, which is incredible. So many improvements here over the last decade or so. Sure. Out of the Titletown District, what are we going to see first? What, what is on track to open first that we'll be able to consume? Yeah, sure. Uh, the first thing that will open will be in April will be the Hinterland uh, Restaurant. Delicious. Yes. Yeah, if, you, if you've been to it, it's they're great. Well, they have got a place down in uh, Milwaukee. They also own a restaurant up in, uh, up in Door County. But they had outgrown their space here uh, in downtown. So uh, really pleased with that. And uh, so they, they're going to open in April. Um, and uh, then the next thing will probably be Lodge Kohler in July. And uh, Bella, the Lodge Kohler will be uh, the first four diamond hotel in Green Bay. They'll have about 150 rooms. They'll have uh, the Kohler Spa. I mean, it's, it's really going to be nice. And uh, then the Bell and Health Sports Medicine Clinic uh, will open up in July as well. And then, you know, in right in the middle of Titletown is a 10-acre public park and plaza. About the first half of that, maybe a little less than that, will open in July. And you'll there we'll have a number of different things, uh, park and plaza. Uh, and then probably in November, we'll open up the um, uh, sledding, sledding hill and uh, skating trail and uh, skating, uh, skating pond. That is no small project, right? Oh, it's no. just a significant yeah. amount of land that's been acquired by the Packers. Obviously, the south end zone is yeah. all new, and uh, facilities are new. It's been remarkable to watch. What's next, right? I mean, it, this, it, it, it done so much here, and it, it's going to be phenomenal when it's done, but what's the next phase of this all? Well, you know, I think, you know, fortunately we're in a position where we can invest uh, in the stadium and our facilities, so we'll continue to do that. Um, over this next year in terms of the stadium, um, the Tundra Tailgate Zone, which has been very successful for us, has done well. There's a big tent, which is, doesn't really fit in with the Lambeau Field, but it's been popular. That will be a permanent structure. So we're building, a, it's called, it'll be the Johnsonville Tailgate Village. So that'll be ready for next year. And then uh, we're halfway through a pretty major project. We're renovating all our suites. And uh, we'll finish that up. So that'll be not only our suites, but our club area, our meeting space up on the fourth floor. We'll really renovate that. And then, you know, the title town, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's something that probably over the next three to five years, you know, so we're doing this first phase and the next phase, there'll be a residential aspect. We'll have offices, we'll have retail. Um, so it's, uh, we're, we're pretty busy, but, you know, we also don't want to lose Side of the fact that, you know, making sure that the stadium and our football facilities remain first class is a priority as well. 
Coming up next. We are the envy of the league. Uh, you know, with the, the fan support that we get and uh, the community here, we're very, very fortunate. What's next for Mark Murphy? More with Mark Murphy after this on WTMJ. This is Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik, sponsored by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And we've reached our final segment here with Packers President Mark Murphy. Our Packers one-on-one exclusive continues. I'm Greg Matzik. I'm at the age of 61 with a major redevelopment project going on in his rearview mirror. Is it possible Mark Murphy will just walk away and ride off into the sunset when the Titletown District is complete? So what's your future, right? I mean, you're in your early 60s, yeah. and uh, you've got a major project here that uh, you're overseeing. That could very easily be... You know, your gift mm-hmm. to the Packers, right, overseeing that. And sure. then, you know, what a great, marvelous career Mark Murphy had. How long do you want to keep going? Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've uh, got a job I love, uh, and, you know, I'm knock on wood, I'm, I've got my health. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you're in position like I am, you know, if you feel like you can make a difference, um, you want to continue to work. And as you said, we've got some really exciting projects we're working on. Another big thing for me would be, you know, that next round of collective bargaining, you know, that I was involved years ago on the player side, was involved in 2010. So I'm looking forward to, the, to that. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, I feel, just feel very fortunate. And with the kind of support that we get, uh, it's, we are the envy of the league. Uh, you know, with the, the fan support that we get and uh, the community here, we're very, very fortunate. And hopefully, you know, we can keep it going. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is really being stewards so that leaving the organization really set up for the future and, you know, better than we found it. I want to lump a couple different challenging situations sure. together and get your thoughts. Uh, we talked about the four and six start earlier in the mm-hmm. season, uh, earlier in this interview, and uh, boy, everybody had to go. Right, it was time to clean house and sure. start all over. And uh, there was a, it's it's a an unfamiliar position, I think, not only for the team but for sure. fans to be in. Like, wait a minute, a lot of talent here. What's going on? Yeah, you also it kind of presided over a, a sticky Brett Favre situation, mm-hmm. and. There was some backlash from fans there as well, uh, as you might expect from a, a, such a popular player. Sure. Do you hear the comments? Do they hurt? Mm-hmm. Do, do you take those any bit personal when, when things just aren't going well and, and there is that reaction, that outpouring? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's hard not to hear it. I mean, it's, it, you know, uh, which is good. I mean, that means that there's interest in the Packers and people are following us and want us to do well. And, uh but, you know, I think also you, you, I try to keep things in perspective that, you know, and I think really in my role, I need to take a broader long-term perspective rather than overreacting to, to minor things. And, you know, obviously the Brett Favre situation in 2008 was not minor. I mean, that was, uh, you know, uh, very, for an organization, that was a major issue that we had to deal with. And uh, it was challenging, um, I think. It was very early in my tenure, so it was really beneficial for me at that point in my tenure to be able to work closely with Ted and Mike, and we were all on the same page and um, worked through things. And it's really nice now to see, I mean, things, you know, we're in a great place. I mean, Brett's coming back, uh, you know, came back this year. We had the ceremony in Canton this summer, and, you know, um, so I think he feels really good about uh, the organization, and we do as well. And, uh, you know, that, but those, and, you know, in terms of 
calling for firing Ted and firing Mark uh, or firing Mike, uh, yeah, I think you know you just you, you can't react uh, during the season. You know, you know, and every year I think we kind of at the end of the year evaluate things and look at it. And uh, but you know, I, I feel very very fortunate. I mean, we've had a run of success here that's almost unparalleled uh, in the NFL. Uh, it's and I know I, I've heard from people that, you know, you're accepting mediocrity. All you care about is getting to the playoffs. Well, you can't win the Super Bowl unless you get to the playoffs. So you got to get in the tournament. And we give, we've given ourselves a chance every, every year, eight years in a row. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this year we can, uh, you know, uh, get on a run and continue to, uh, you know, to, to keep winning and win another Super Bowl. Well, you know how difficult it is to, oh, yeah. to win a Super Bowl, and you sure. were part of a team that was able to do it yeah. in Washington and, and certainly the uh, organization here in Green Bay. But when when some people say, hey, you had Brett Favre, you just won one Super Bowl, and you had Aaron Rodgers, and just one Super Bowl, and you know, these are uh, among the best ever at, at their position, and now in a quarterback's league, do you feel, I, I don't know if disappointment's the right word, but do you kind of feel like in your heart of hearts, Man, we should probably have one more or, yeah. or two more. Or have yeah. you ever just, in, in a candid sort of thought, has it ever come across your mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think in 2011, you know, when you go 15-1, I mean, that, of all our losses, that may have been one of the, uh, probably the most disappointing, you know, losing to the Giants. Every year is different, and we saw, the, saw this this year. I mean, we struggled, we had injuries, uh, but we're playing our best football now, and that's what you want. Uh, and, you know, it's very rare, especially in today's football. I mean, the you know, the Patriots are probably the one exception, but, you know, there aren't, aren't you aren't, you know, you don't see dynasties the way you did in the, in the 60s and 70s. That about does it. We're out of time with Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy. If you missed our conversation, be sure to check it out online at WTMJ.com in the Packers section. Until next time, I'm Greg Matzik.